to the 15 to the 10. Murray's going to score. Touchdown. Welcome to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. The legend continues. Chandler Jones, one of the most underrated players in football. Fitz goes up and makes the game-winning catch. Larry Legend does it again. The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Here we go. This is it. Caught by Kirk at the 20, at the 10. Touchdown. Oh, baby. How's that feel? Here's Craig Grealou, Mike Jarecki, and Bertrand Berry. A bad sign or a sign of things to come? That's the question before us, and I think we're all in agreement that what happened on Sunday was more the former rather than the latter. Yeah, B-Train, you just can't make mistakes like that, although the Cardinals were still in position there in the fourth quarter to come away with a victory without playing their best football. We still haven't seen this team play a complete game from start to finish, yet losing at home when the expectations now have changed, I don't know, I'm still a little bit bothered by that. Yeah, I'm bothered by it too, and you don't ever want to take moral victories away from losses, but I, I, I looked at this team, and, and the further I get removed from this game, I, I look at it and say, hey, look, you just can't turn the ball over and give a desperate team an opportunity to get, to, to beat you at home. You're talking about a, a, a game that's a, a interconference game, so that's going to count, and I, I just think the Cardinals uh, didn't bring their A game, and, and they still had a chance to win, so I'm encouraged by that. But at the same time, you just can't make the mistakes that they did and expect to win. And those mistakes, for the most part, MJ, all centered on quarterback Kyler Murray. Three turnovers, ten points the Lions scored off those turnovers. And give credit to the defense because those three turnovers meant short field position that the defense had to defend. They allowed two field goals and a touchdown on those three drives. So, yes, things to correct, and now it's a three-game road trip ahead for this team. Yeah, and, you know, one thing I'm a big uh, a big believer in, you, you want to avoid losing streaks. And, you know, we, I think it's hard to win three in a row in the NFL because, you know, sometimes you have to go on the road, but that was a very winnable game. Uh, I thought the Cardinals uh, would pull it out at the end. Um, but obviously they went against a really good quarterback in the league, and even though he hasn't made a deep into the postseason, he's one of the top ten quarterbacks. He can throw the ball. They got some of their guys back on offense. So um, if you go back to Vance Joseph last week, he was on high alert about Matthew Stafford. And, again, the Cardinals had opportunities in this game, and you know I think they'll figure it out offensively. I'm, I'm not worried about Larry's targets at this point. Uh, Kyler Murray is going to have to become a better pocket passer. Um, and it's not like you, 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 we were talking about it briefly um, yesterday, and that was it doesn't have to sit in the pocket. He can roll out to extend plays like Mahomes and, and a guy like Russell Wilson. 26-23 the final. The Lions pick up their first win, hand the Cardinals their first loss. Head coach Cliff Kingsbury on losing to Detroit. You got to give them credit. Said all week they're going to come in and play a great game. Had their backs against the wall, and they came in and found a way to beat us. We didn't play particularly well. I think you can see that. But, um, you know, it starts with me not getting us ready to play. Didn't call a very good game. We turned the ball over three times. They didn't turn it over any, you know, 12 men on the field, things of that nature. Just those will get you beat. And three games, B-Train, I don't think we've seen the best of Kyler Murray, especially in the passing game. Yes, he's electric with his feet, but he just hasn't been as accurate. The numbers say he's been good. It's just I think we've come to expect a little bit more from him, especially here in year two in this same system. But he's missing – Guys, whether it's high or a little bit behind receivers, 
it's early, no offseason, no preseason, but I think there is more to come with this team and specifically this offense. Most definitely there's more to come, and I really believe that the lack of the offseason is what you're seeing across the NFL. There are certain teams that are getting off to a better start than others, but I think this all levels out once we get through the first month, through the first four games of the season. I, I think that a lot of teams, when you add key pieces and key players to those to those uh, organizations, uh, there's going to be a, a little bit of an adjustment period, and I think we're seeing that particularly with DeAndre Hopkins and, and some of the guys on the defensive side. And, and even amongst that, they're still playing well enough uh, to have won two of the first three games. So I'm not going to push the panic button. I'm not going to say that, that they have to scrap whatever they're doing. I, I just believe that they just continue to work on their chemistry. And I think in time, uh, they'll find their stride and you'll see this offense and this overall team look much better than what they did Sunday. I just think that, you know, they've shown flashes offensively, being able to move the football, especially when they go at the hurry-up offense. It's just they haven't found the rhythm over four quarters. And, and I agree with B-Train. I think it's going to take the, the month of September where teams start hitting their stride. Uh, obviously, injuries are going to occur for any team for the most part, but they just got to find their rhythm. Um, but they've shown flashes of moving the football and taking some shots down the field, a little bit of play action. Um, but obviously, it's all going to be hinged on Kyler Murray and the way he performs. And, you know, he's he's had some interceptions, and uh, he hasn't had the same sacks this year, as last year, but it's a work in progress. Again, when you look at the head coach and the quarterback, they play, they've been together for 19 games. That word you used, rhythm, the buzzword so far this season, a word that head coach Cliff Kingsbury has used often. He used it after the game on Sunday. As far as Kyler Murray is concerned, let's hear from the young quarterback. It's part of the game. I've been playing this game my whole life. Uh, dealt with obstacles, ups and downs. There's going to be adversity in every game. That's just part of it. We understand that. If I don't turn the ball over three times a day, we we put ourselves in a better chance to win that game. We just, you know, it's, it's over now. Uh, on to the next game. Uh, we, we just got to be better. Overall, Murray on Sunday, 23 of 35 for 270 yards. Yet in the second half, MJ, just 10 of 18 for a buck 14. Yeah, and, and you know, we had the post-game show after the game. Um, you know, one of the things that stood out for me was he was locking on, on receivers. And, again, I, I understand you got to go through your progressions, and a lot of times he's just going to throw it to Hopkins. Um, but I thought he forced the ball on the Larry pick, and, you know, he wasn't getting any help at times from Keyshawn Johnson, uh, the drop, and then, you know, not going back for the back shoulder fade. So, again, work in progress. But, um, you know, he's he's got to become more accurate uh, when it comes to throwing the football down the field. Certainly easy target when you have DeAndre Hopkins, 10 catches for 137 yards, and then a considerable drop-off as far as targets are concerned. Keyshawn Johnson had the next highest total with seven. More on that in a moment. But we also are seeing a little bit more of a deeper passing game from Kyler Murray as far as the dink and dunk, if you will, the quick passes, the screen game in the first two weeks. We saw more passes down the field and maybe a little bit more aggressiveness out of Murray in that game on Sunday. Here's the coach, Kingsbury. Definitely pushing the envelope. He's trying to make a lot of plays and, and create, and you got to walk that fine line. And, uh, you know, he's going to be aggressive, and that's what we want. And, and even with all that, we had the ball, the chance to win the game at the end, and his, his kind of playmaking ability allows us to do that even when we're not uh, playing at our best, he keeps us in those games. But we'll, we'll continue to clean that up, and I think uh, as the season goes on, th that'll be uh, less of an issue. You look at the three interceptions, B-Train, and really there was a fourth. Deron Harmon dropped a pass intended for Fitz in the third quarter. That first 
interception. The ball was a little bit high, but Murray did have his arm hit. The second one tried to force it to Fitz. The third one, the ball was late to Hopkins. So just a little bit off, but if you're a little bit off in the NFL, well, you're going to end up losing the game more often than you're going to win it. Yeah, you cannot afford to have any mistakes. It has to be precise. It has to be precision football each and every time you take a snap. And and we saw a team not on their A game on Sunday. And, again, I just want to say this team is still uh, playing at a pretty high level. Even with the mistakes, they still had a chance to beat a desperate Detroit football team who came in here who – their season was on the line because they were winless. They knew if they didn't win that game, then they could pretty much cancel any uh, hopes of postseason in 2020. So I don't put a lot of stock into it. I'm not going to uh, push the panic button by any stretch of the imagination about this game. Uh, it, it's, it's one of those games that you have during the course of a season. Hopefully this will be the only one that they have, and they've gotten it out of the way early so that we can see uh, really good football the rest of the way. Well, hopefully this gets their attention. And when you guys got like Corey Peters saying, "This is the NFL. I mean, you got to go out there and you got to play, uh, you know, good football and clean football." And I and I think they have enough leaders in that locker room. So, um, and and again, the, the first couple of weeks they weren't playing perfect football, but they were able to win, and they were correcting their mistakes. Now you come off a loss, and it's going to be a little bit different film session, but. I like where they're at just from a mental standpoint, and I do think the leadership in that locker room will go a long way when it comes to the rest of the season. You just don't want to see teams give away Very games. true. If it's taken away, that's fine. But if it's given away, especially this season where the expectations are to compete for a playoff spot, be in that playoff conversation come November and December, and I think that's why Sunday's game felt more than just a loss. It was not demoralizing. It's just there was a lot to it, and now you've got to be able to bounce back on the road against a Panthers team that is not very good, and then there's a Jets team that still hasn't yet to win a ball game. So these next two games are crucial. Here's head coach Cliff Kingsbury. It's up to us as players and coaches to be more consistent throughout the game and and not have those kind of peaks and valleys, if you will. Uh, For whatever reason, we we had some high points and and then hit some low points when we couldn't have that happen, and and Detroit took advantage of it and made the plays when they had to, so you got to give them credit. They came in here and found a way to get it done. A lot of stops and starts, B-Train. We talk about the offense, the defense just as well. They were backed up on their own end for a lot of those scoring drives, yet at the same time, the end of the first half, the end of the ball game, if you're head defensive coordinator Vance Joseph, you can't give up touchdowns at the end of the first half late, and then you can't have a almost five-minute drive to end the ball game to set up Matt Prater with the game-winning field goal. Yeah, I, I just when you when you start talking about this this team, I, I really just want them to you know just settle down. I mean, just settle down, just start to figure out. Hey, look, we, we're good. We only got one loss. No need to panic. We're, we're just going to be fine. And then with special teams, you, you've just got to you know take care of the little things. Everything is is in the details, and I really believe that this is going to be that that wake up call that everybody's been looking for. And, and I think going forward. Now we're going to see the team really start to lock in and practice in meetings, and then you'll see the result of that come next Sunday when they go out to Carolina. Yeah, and, and you know, special teams has kind of been a bright spot for this team. And you, you had a missed extra point, and the average uh, field position for Detroit was 36 yard line. For the Cardinals, it was 19. I mean, they got to get more production, get better on their on their coverage units. They gave up a long return, and, and really, we don't talk about special teams, but it's three facets of the game. 
you're not going to win every week, but when all three are not playing up to par, you're going to lose those football games. A 2-1 and one record. Certainly you always want to be perfect, but 2-1, and one, maybe you look down the road and see what's ahead. Can you be 4-1 and one going into that Monday night matchup against the Dallas Cowboys? I think we'd all take that before the season started. Update to the latest version of the Cardinals mobile app today. The app features an all-new redesigned home screen experience. Visit azcardinals.com slash app for more. There were some bright spots on Sunday, including on the offensive end. One in particular, we'll touch on that on the other side. It's the Cardinals Red Sea Report here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Murray's got the ball, drops back to throw. A lob pass, right corner of the end zone, on the money to Andy Isabella for the touchdown. What a pass by Kyler Murray, and you see the confidence of Andy Isabella soaring for the Cardinals. Rose strong, grasshopper. Snap to Murray, rolls right, throws right. Isabella caught it, and he stumbles, dives, and in. Touchdown. Andy Isabella with his second touchdown catch of the day. One step up the field, and then wham, run that out. He chucked the DB. He met the press, and he threw him out of the way. Career day for Andy Isabella, the two touchdowns, along with four catches for 47 yards. Three of those catches on that scoring drive in the first quarter. A beautiful throw by Kyler Murray and a good catch over the shoulder by Isabella. Made it 7-3 to three late in the first quarter. His second touchdown gave the Cardinals the lead at the end of the third quarter, 23 to 20. As we continue here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report, Craig Riolu, Mike Jarecki, and Bertram Berry. Yes, Isabella, one of the few bright spots, but now, MJ, this is back-to-back games for Isabella as far as stacking good performances, and that's what you like to see. Maybe a little bit longer than anticipated. We were hoping to see it a year ago, but hey, year two for the young player, certainly good to see. Yeah, when you're a second-round pick and, you know, there's other receivers drafted after you, people are going to question it, but, you know, I I believe he was overwhelmed last year. And, you know, Larry's told us he takes a ton of uh, notes and meetings, and I think he spent this offseason just from a mental aspect, and he's getting really good coaching from David Rye and Jerry Sullivan. And Kyler Murray trusts him. He believes in him, and Andy believes he can play in the NFL, and I think he's shown it. It's a small sample, but um, considering where he was a year ago, Um, And he's a weapon in this offense, and Christian Kirk's on the shelf right now, so he is the number three wide receiver. What have you seen B-Train in the development of Isabella? I've seen a young man who obviously is coming to his second year. Uh, The first year, we we always want to assume that guys who come into the NFL are ready to go right now, but you always got to look at what they were before they got to the NFL, what kind of coaching that they received before they got to the NFL, and all coaching isn't equal at the college level, and so – uh, there's always going to be guys that maybe need a red shirt year, so to speak. But when you see the potential and the upside, sometimes it's too great to pass up. And I think along those lines, you look at Andy, and, and I think he fought, he fell into that category. But now that he's got himself acclimated to this level of play and, and this level of study and how to be a pro, I think you're seeing that combined with his natural ability, and, and you just can't coach his speed. Uh, you're seeing a guy starting to, to make hay uh, and, and, and really – uh, cash in on, on the opportunity that was given to him. Well, let's hear from the young wide receiver, Isabella, on his new mindset here in year two. 
my mind was one of the biggest things that was holding me back. I mean, I let a, let a lot of people get in my mind, and I think me me changing my mindset where I, I worked so hard for this, and I'm, I'm I mean, there's there's no reason why I shouldn't go out there with an the edge, and and I mean, I could play out there, and that was that was one of my big things this year was my mindset. You can feel confident about yourself, and then once you show it on the field, MJ, I think that's when you really get that confidence. And as he said, he knows he can play at this level, and he's shown it now for two straight weeks. Well, and, and we always talk about it wasn't an ideal offseason. It was virtual. You really didn't have OTAs. You didn't have your mandatory mini camp. You didn't have preseason, and I'm sure that's where you know he was going to flash a little bit. So th- the fact that he's making a jump, with all that, I uh, didn't have those opportunities like a lot of other players. Um, it's it's impressive, and he's worked hard. And, you know, he, he's a guy that's – to me, when he's on the field now, you, you got to – whether he draws that second or third corner now, uh, you got to look at it where defensive coordinators have to say, this guy may be small, but he's got some speed. So I really think he can excel in this offense based on – what they want to do in the passing game, and it happens to uh, the, you know, him and Collar are in the same draft class, so there's connections there. He's put in the work. Head coach Cliff Kingsbury has noticed. He's done a nice job uh, all through training camp, came back, uh, game has slowed down for him, really worked hard at his craft, and it was good to see him have that success today. So once again, we got to continue to find ways to get him the football, and we have some talented wideouts. we got to maximize those guys. And it's not just the deep ball train that I think we kind of assumed it was going to be using his speed to outrun defenders those touchdown plays over the shoulder not an easy catch and then of course coming across the middle and getting that catch and then getting to the corner that pylon for the score we're seeing a little bit more of what Andy Isabella is able to do as a wide receiver he's very versatile he's a guy that can can pretty much run every route that's acting and you talk about chemistry he was able to come in with Kyler being as that there. Uh, that they were in the same class as Mike talked about, uh, you, you throw to a guy enough and, and you spend enough time with him, you can't help but develop chemistry. And I think uh, the maturation of Andy Isabella and, and Kyler coming into his own, and then you also throw in the fact that he was needed. They needed his plays. The fact that Christian Kirk is not on the field right now, they need those plays from, from Andy Isabella to, to really to maintain what they're trying to get done from an offensive standpoint. So I think it's a perfect storm of all these things coming together for Andy, and, and he's taking full advantage. And, and that's what you want to see. When a guy gets his opportunity, you don't want to give up on him too soon. Just let him find his way, and once he finds his way, he can be a very productive receiver for many years to come. Yeah, it's unfortunate Christian Kirk on the shelf. How long, who knows, but he was inactive on Sunday, and that, of course, means more snaps, more reps for everyone else, Andy Isabella included. It also meant an opportunity for Keyshawn Johnson, who had not played the first two games, and he got a couple of catches for 24 yards. B-Train, though, it's the seven targets, five in the second half. He was more a part of this offense and the games on the line than a Larry Fitzgerald, and that certainly bothered a lot of people. Well, it bothered me, and and knowing Larry for his whole career and being a teammate of his and knowing how productive he is, I know he's not the Larry that we've all come to know and love in the first part of his career, but he's still a very viable option, and I think he's still one of the best options on this football team, and and for him not to get those looks, uh, it's it's interesting. I'm I'm not going to say that there's intent, because I don't believe that that's the case. I, I truly believe that that Kyler really is trying to throw to the open receiver, and, and whoever that happens to be, he's going to, to get the ball to them. But at the same time, you have 
a player that has proven himself over many, many years the benefit of the doubt. And even though he may not seem like he's open, you have to throw him a few just to make sure that he's still that guy that you can rely on and that has done it for 17 years. Yeah, you know, I think Larry, he realizes that, you know, when you look at a guy like Andy Isabella and Keyshawn Johnson, I mean, they are part of the future here, and you got to find out what you have in them. And with you had a number one wide receiver, but I, I think it's imperative that you throw the ball to Larry Fitzgerald early in the game. It could be the first play of the game. It could be a little bubble screen. It's not so much to break the record. It's just to get the, the offense in rhythm and flow. He's got to be part of it. I'm not saying you got to target him 10 times a game, but I, I would throw it to him early in the game. And I, I know he doesn't get separation, but he's crafty enough to be able to catch the 50-50 balls. I'll take my chances, but I, di- I think Cliff's got to do a better job when it comes to getting him involved. Now, you're not going to force it, but I think he provides something in this offense that maybe they're lacking in the last game. It's not the number total number of yeah. touches. It's when are those targets coming, short yardage, key third down, key fourth down, or if your offense is struggling and you need a boost, well, you throw it to number 11 because with or without fans in attendance, Fitz is going to energize everyone else on the field. Well, and besides Hopkins and maybe Kyler Murray, he's, he's next in line when it comes to first downs. I mean, he, he finds the sticks. You know how a lot of times the receivers will undercut their route and they'll be two yards shy? He finds the first down. He'll, he'll stretch out, and he brings energy to the sidelines. Only three targets for Fitz, one catch for no yards. I believe it was the first question after the ball game to the head coach, Cliff Kingsbury, where was number 11? That's on me. I should have done a better job of, of finding ways to get him the football. He's uh, heart and soul of this team, and when he's getting the football, good things happen. So that's completely on me, and i got to find a way to, uh, to get him more incorporated in the offense moving forward. P-Train, you know this more than anyone else, former teammates with Larry Fitzgerald. And, yes, it's different when there are no fans in attendance, although on Sunday there were about 700 close family and friends in attendance. But there is something when number 11 catches the football, even on the road, I'm guessing that it energizes guys on and off the field. Well, I'm going to tell you like this. I, I think – Larry energizes both sides because he's at a point in his career where he has so much respect around the NFL that even the guys on the other team are looking to see what number 11 does. So he brings that energy to everybody. It's not just the Cardinals sidelines. It's the opposing player sidelines. Heck, I'll even say the refs are kind of looking to see what number 11 is doing. Now, granted, they're not going to make a, a, a biased call for him, but at the same time, when you've seen a particular individual will do it at such a high level for so long and be so consistent. You just come to expect those things. And I, I'd be hard-pressed to go back through all of the different uh, stats throughout the course of his career and, and see a game where he had one catch for zero yards. That's, that's something that I thought I'd never see in reference to a Larry Fitzgerald. And I'm not going to, again, I'm not going to overreact. This one game, things happen. But – there should be a concerted effort to make sure that that never happens again. Now, Larry's sitting at 1,390 receptions. The next benchmark will be uh, 1,400. Obviously, he's not catching Jerry Rice 
um, that's another benchmark for him. So hopefully he gets that over the next couple of games. Well, on the flip side of all of this discussion, the Cardinals do have DeAndre Hopkins, who certainly has impressed, more than impressed through three games. He, In fact, he leads the league in both catches and receiving yards. MJ, he's on pace for 160-plus catches for more than 1,800 receiving yards. Well, i got to tell you, after week one, I asked someone, is he going to get targeted 16 times? He said, well, the Niners didn't cover him. Um, the Redskins, had, excuse me, the Washington football team had a uh, hard time covering him. I'm, listen, I understand why Kyler's throwing the ball to him, um, and a lot of his catches come behind the line of scrimmage, and he's able to tiptoe down the sidelines, and a, and a four- or five-yard catch is becoming an 18-yard pickup. Um, I would throw it to him, um, but I also think there's other guys open, and that's why I give Matt Patricia credit because it looked like they kept a spy on Murray. He was not the same runner that he was in the first two weeks, and you go back to last year, he wasn't able to run either. Watching Hopkins over these last three games, B-Train, what's amazed me is on those short passes or even out in the flat when he catches the ball, he always makes that first defender miss, and all of a sudden maybe an eight-yard pickup becomes a 14-yard gain or that quick screen where you could get no yards or lose yards. He makes several guys miss, and then all of a sudden you're looking at eight-yard pickup and maybe it's second and two as opposed to second and long. He's a crafty vet, and he understands motion, and he understands defenses, and he knows how to manipulate them based off of his body movement. He can move his body in a way after he catches the ball to make a defender think that he's going to go one way and then he turns and spins and goes the opposite direction. That just talks, That just speaks to him uh, being a vet, being a guy that has done his homework. He understands physics. He understands how uh, defenders are going to try to attack him. And uh, he, he just knows how to, to be slippery. And that just comes with on-field experience and, and being a guy that's caught a lot of balls, one, and two, knowing what to do when he receives the ball. So I'm, I'm glad he's on our team now, and, and hopefully he as well as the rest of the receivers can continue to progress and, and, and give Kyler plenty of options when it comes to uh, the offense and, and, and making sure that Kyler can get the ball to all of them when their number's called. You know, if you look at the Cardinals' splash plays, three out of four, which are Hopkins, first and 10, 30 yards. Um, it was, thir- it was first and 10, another 21 yards. It was sec- uh, first and 10, another 18 yards. You're talking about a guy that's chewing up first downs for the Cardinals, and, and they're passing the ball on first down. 32 catches for 356 yards and one touchdown. The numbers for DeAndre Hopkins through three games. Subscribe to Arizona Cardinals Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Listen to your favorite shows on the go like Cardinals Underground, the Big Red Rage, and, of course, this show, the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcast for more information. We have hit halftime here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Still to come, the Cardinals defense that is going to be missing a huge piece this week. We'll get into that next here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Stafford takes the shotgun snap, three-step drop, looks right in trouble, and he sacked back at the 20-yard line, dragged down by Jordan Phillips. Grab Matthew Stafford and basically put him into the crockpot belly button. Back to throw goes Stafford, hit by the former Lion, Devon Kennard, and sacked. Kennard with the takedown of Stafford. Straight drop back, Stafford in trouble, wrapped up, and sacked by Corey Peters, who was untouched, was all over Stafford as soon as he went back to pass. Surprise! (laughs) Wow!
Cardinals sacked Matthew Stafford four times, including once by Hassan Reddick. They hit him six other times, although it all happened in a loss. 26-23, the final on Sunday at State Farm Stadium as we continue here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Craig Rayolu, Mike Jarecki, and Bertram Berry. And, yes, it's defense, so we got to start with B-Train. Some good, some bad. Overall, though, this defense certainly put the Cardinals in position to win on Sunday and, I'd argue, certainly helped the team win games in both weeks one and two. Well, without question, I think the defense has definitely taken a step forward when you consider last year and, and the heat that Vance Joseph uh, got from a lot of different Cardinal fans, and I, he's wearing that on his—he's wearing it on his sleeve. He's a guy that that he took that personally, and I think the players took it personally as well. And you're seeing the way that they've come out the first three games of this season. They really tried to establish a physical style of football, and it's really encouraging. To, to watch those young men go out there and, and do what they do. There, there were good things during the game on, on Sunday uh, from the defensive perspective. There were also some bad things, as you talked about, Craig. Uh, you start looking at the middle of the field, that's still a problem, and, and uh, you've got to be able to, to, to make sure that you shore that up. The run defense is still a little bit too much yards per attempt uh, for my liking, but I think – all areas are improving, and of course, anytime that you can get the quarterback on the ground and make him uncomfortable and hit him, I think that's always a sign of good things. Here's the good. The Lions were just 4 of 12 on third down, 2 of 6 in the red zone. What needs to be worked on, though, MJ, no takeaways. And as we talked about at the start of the show in segment number one, the end of the first half, watching the Lions march downfield 75 yards in a minute 22 to score a go-ahead touchdown going into the locker room, and then an almost five-minute drive to end the ball game to set up the game-winning field goal. You have to be able to get your opponent off the field in those two instances. Yeah, it's unfortunate what happened before the half because uh, you know you want to make that stop because you get the ball and start the third quarter. And the Cardinals had the ball over ten minutes in the third quarter, you know, and we were able to see that in weeks one and two where they were able to make a stop and the Cardinals were able to get into the victory formation, so to speak. So. You know, I think Vance is trying to figure out his rotation. You know, we're seeing different guys be active. You know, you look at uh, Lecky and then Richard Lawrence. Looks like Richard Lawrence is much further ahead. Uh, Corey Peters is playing about the same amount of snaps. Zach Allen's been, you know, kind of hit and miss um, when it comes to at least getting, uh, you know, 50 snaps. Um, but I think he's trying to find his rotation, and I think he, what Hassan Reddick is providing for them, it allows them to rush the passer besides Chandler Jones. And I think Der, um, Devin Kennard has been a great pickup, uh, really physical, gritty. I like the way he sets the edge. And now they just need to get Chandler Jones going, and it's not so much the sacks. It's just getting to the quarterback, you know, the hurries, pressures, and knockdowns. So I think we still got to give it another week, but uh, it's the NFL, and as you pointed out, there's only 16 games. Cardinals have 11 sacks, just one by Chandler Jones, and that was week one at the 49ers. You brought up Corey Peters. He was not very happy after the ball game. Well, I'm pissed. I mean, I think that, you know, obviously we had opportunities to win the game. Even playing as poorly as we played, wasn't really happy with the way we started the game. Um, I feel like in this league you get what you earn, um, and today we earned a loss. You can always count on Peters to say it straight and up front and in complete detail 
But now we look as this defense moves forward, MJ, and the loss of Buda Baker. And it's not just his loss. He's undergoing thumb surgery this week. How long he'll be out? Maybe a week at the least. But you also have Chris Banjo, who's day-to-day with a hamstring injury. And, oh, yeah, Jalen Thompson is still on injured reserve for at least one more week. You are down to not very many healthy bodies as far as safeties are concerned. Deontay Thompson, Curtis Riley, Charles Washington, and perhaps Isaiah Simmons. Yeah, according to Kingsbury, they're going to they're going to look at that option. We know that you know during the open portion of practice during camp, and and right now he's been working out with different position groups, not only the linebackers but also the defensive backs, and it was more for for footwork. This is not ideal, but you got to give Hicks and Campbell credit. Uh, they have a need there. It's a concern until Buda Baker returns, and you know the the report according to Kingsbury on 98.7 yesterday, they're hoping he only misses one game. Um, I got to think they're going to have to bring in a, a veteran guy um, who obviously has been on the street. Um, you got to you got to create some depth. I'm um, curious to see how they're going to you know utilize that secondary. Is Byron Murphy get a chance uh, in in their base defense? Does he play a little bit more in the box or is he covering tight ends? Um, obviously, they got a week to prepare for it. Um, you're going against Teddy Bridgewater, and you know they don't have Christian McCaffrey, but I, I assume they're going to try to throw on that secondary. Not a lot of options, but Simmons is an option, according to the head coach. Isaiah's a guy who played multiple positions. Obviously, there at Clemson has a feel for some of that. And um, with those bodies you know, being down, we, we, we may have to look into that. B-Train, what do you think? Someone that's certainly familiar with moving around the field on the college level, but here at the NFL, they kind of wanted to just slow play it, make them concentrate on inside linebacker, but sometimes injuries necessitate a plan, a change of plans, and that's what the Cardinals might be looking at. Yeah, and I, I understand that you have a, a very versatile defender, a guy that did a, a lot of different positions when he was at Clemson, and when you have needs, then you got a first-round pick, a guy that's that athletic. You're trying to find ways to get him on the field. Well, this is a way to get him on the field. I don't love it, but I think at the same time, when you start talking about a need and, and doing some things to sacrifice for the betterment of the team, this is one of those times where if it's not a long-term solution, if you're just asking him to do it for a week or so, I'm not as uncomfortable with it. But I think if it was something that you wanted him to do uh, long term and 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 try to go back and forth. I, I think you 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 stunt his growth a little bit because uh, you want him locked in on one thing and allowing him to play faster and not having to think so much. And so uh, you're going to put a little bit more on him. But I think as a first rounder, he understands the pressure of, of being that guy that can that can do a lot of things well. And he he just wants to get on the field. Young guys just want to play. They're not they don't really care where they play. They just want to get on the field. So. I know he's willing. I just don't know for his for his overall growth and development. I'm not sure if that's going to be the the absolute best idea for a long for a long time. A good point, B Train. And you look at it, MJ. And because of his versatility, the other side of the coin is is perhaps this spurs on Simmons because he's used to being all over the field. Yeah, and he, you know. Based on Campbell and Hicks, he asks a lot of questions. I mean, he's curious to, to where he's supposed to line up. Um, there's going to be some growing pains, though. I mean, I, I think it was quite obvious in week one that when he was on the field, Kyle Shanahan went after him. I mean, it was it was obvious. It started right with the, the Moser play. So, um, again, you want to put him in position to, to succeed. 
Um, but in Mitrin can touch on this. Playing in the front seven is a little bit different than playing in, in the secondary. Your eyes are so different. So it's going to be a learning curve regardless of what he did in college. But, you know, playing in the front seven, it's I, I think obviously he can follow the ball. He can get to the quarterback quicker. Here he's going to be a little bit more patient when it comes to, to, to coverage. Simmons played just 10 snaps on Sunday against the Lions, so obviously everyone wants to see him on the field a lot more. It has been a slow process, but it has been a positive process, according to head coach Cliff Kingsbury. I know Vance is trying to kind of spoon feed it here and there to uh, not overload him, but he's done a nice job so far picking things up, and we just had to keep him coming. Without the offseason, particularly, it made it tough on him, but he's made big strides recently, and um, we continue to try and get him more incorporated in the defense. I completely understand, B-Train, your point about not putting too much on his plate as far as now all of a sudden maybe you lose him or his confidence is lessened, yet at the same time, the Cardinals right now, especially at safety, might not have any other options. No, they don't have options, and, and, and like I said, if it's a necessity thing, if it's something that you absolutely have to do, then I think you do it as long as it's understood that it's a short-term process because you don't want him having to think too many different ways you want him to be able to play fast and, and get out of his head and just be able to go in and, and seek the football. And, and the one thing Mike talked about that I say a lot is the eyes. The eyes are uh, very essential when you start talking about playing on defense because being in the front seven, you have to be able to think a lot faster because things are happening a lot faster. You're, you're getting a contact a lot quicker than what you are in the secondary. And the secondary things develop a little slower. It takes a little more time for things to develop. So, uh, having to go back and forth, I think it'll be a little bit easier for him to maybe uh, come from a, a, a secondary standpoint here for just a week or so and, and maybe get that confidence to, to move back up to the front seven. I, I don't know. That, that's going to be entirely uh, up to Isaiah, but I, I just think however you can get that kind of talent on the field, you try to find a way to do it. And certainly who has great eyes, Buda Baker, leads the team and tackles at 28, and that is what is going to be missing this week and you hopefully only this week against the Panthers. And then lost in all of this, they brought it up, but Chris Banjo up there, he's the fourth leading tackler on this defense, and he certainly has stepped up with Jalen Thompson on injured reserve, and now you lose him. Uh, that puts a lot of pressure now on the guys surrounding them, especially up front, to kind of get more pressure on the quarterback and make it less uh, hard or less less easy for those guys to cover. Yeah, I, th- I think that's why the Cardinals felt comfortable bringing him back. He did get a chance to play in Week 14 and 15 when Deontay Thompson was a, wasn't available or wasn't playoff car. He was injured. Um, but again, he, it's it's interesting. Every year, it's a certain position. Last year was the running back position, bringing in Alfred Morris and, and Zach Zenner, and they make the trade for Kenyon Drake. The year before was the offensive line. There's no way to plan it, but now all of a sudden. They have to figure it out before they go head to Charlotte coming up this weekend. Catch up on all Cardinals flight plan episodes, youtube.com slash azcardinals. We touched on it, the trip to Carolina to play a Panthers team that won its first game on Sunday. We will talk about the week four opponent coming up next. It is the Cardinals Red Sea Report on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Second and nine of the 29. Two receivers right, Fitzgerald to the left. 
Warner barking out the call. Play clock at three. Kurt got the play away. Back to throw. Warner with a ton of time. Throwing right side. Fits open. Caught at the five. Heading for the pylon. And he is going to be ruled. Cardinals! Larry Fitzgerald! Do you believe it? And Larry Fitzgerald cramps it down their throats. Larry Fitzgerald, you are absolutely ridiculous. Oh my goodness. The 2008 Divisional Playoff matchup at Carolina. Larry Fitzgerald with a 29-yard touchdown catch. That game, the Cardinals winning 33-13. Our very own Bertrand Berry had a sack, three tackles, one tackle for loss, and a quarterback hit. Now, that was the second matchup that season against the Panthers earlier in October, the Cardinals traveled to Carolina and lost 27-23. to And it just so happened that Bertrand Berry was mic'd up for that regular season contest. Yes, I was. And, I, you know, it was – we got robbed. That was that was the one thing I take from that game. We, we got robbed. Uh, we, we were supposed to be uh, in position to, to have won twice out there, but, hey – you know, we got the one that really counted the most because that's the one that propelled us to the NFC Championship game at home. And, of course, we all know how that ended up. So, uh, you know, we got one or two, and, and hopefully the Cardinals can get back out there again and uh, make sure that they can uh, get a, get a much-needed win on the road. Yeah, certainly always better to get that second matchup than the first. Let's hear some of that mic'd-up segment in 2008. Go take the heart right now. Go down there, go down the field, take the heart out of it. Take the fight out of it. Let's go. One play at a time. I got you, you got me. We together on this. White 90! <laughs> <laughs> ah! Woo! <laughs> Let's have some fun, baby. <laughs> they're ignoring you. Oh, yeah, they're daring me to make the tackle. That's right, and they're thinking they can knock it forward. Right. Just be alert. Do what you do, but just be alert for it. You know what I'm saying? Don't get caught out your, out your gap. You know what I'm saying? Perimeter! Perimeter run! Coming at you, T! I got to do something to get that extra step. You've been wired in to Bertram Berry. It's a violent game, B-Train, that you play. <laughs> it's all fun, brother. You know, when you hear all those those bumps and oohs and ahs, it's just part of the deal. You got to love it. It's, it's competition at its, at its purest, and uh, I wouldn't trade it for anything. I enjoyed my time in the NFL and playing football overall, and uh, there, there's nothing better than having that, that game day feel and, and, and going out there and, and testing your, your strength and your might against somebody else. Well, let's talk about that opponent this Sunday. The Carolina Panthers, 1-2. and two. They won at the Chargers, MJ, 21-16, to 16, their first win of the season for new head coach Matt Rule. No Christian McCaffrey this season because of an injury, so there's not a lot that stands out about this team. But that was a, that was a big win to go to the West Coast and then win at the Chargers. Yeah, and, you know, they gave Matt Rule a six-year contract, so he's got time, and, and they went out and ID'd uh, Teddy Bridgewater, moved on from Cam Newton, no Christian McCaffrey, and they hired Phil Snow, who's really his background has been college football, um, and he obviously he was at Baylor uh, when Cliff Kingsbury was at Texas Tech, so there could be, uh, you know, obviously he knows something about the air raid offense, but, you know, the thing is that they're, they're rebuilding, but they play hard, and, and I watched his post-game uh, pre- um, 
I guess, celebration. And he said, we won this game today, guys, because of the way you practiced last week. And he thought that was important. He, he appreciated everyone uh, obviously making the trip out there. So I think he's got the respect of the players. It's just going to take a little time. But, again, the Cardinals got to go there and take care of business. This is the first of a three-game road trip. The matchup kicks off at 10 a.m., so 5.30 a.m. The pregame coverage begins on the Arizona Cardinals radio network. And, yeah, on paper, B-Train, this is a matchup that the Cardinals should win because, on paper, they are the better team. They are the better team, and, and they are, I, I would dare say, healthier. But, I mean, you know, I'm not quite sure after we get the final reports this week. But I, I just think that with the Cardinals, if they are to win, and I say this all the time, if you're going to go on the road, you got to bring your defense and you got to bring your special teams. And the things that I've seen from our defense and special teams this year, it gives me a lot of confidence to think that they can go down there and, and get a win out there in Carolina and, and make sure they get back to their winning ways. So, uh, I know Kyler and, and company are going to do their thing, but defense and special teams are always the, the winning recipe for road games. And, Craig, we talked about in the offseason, you know, even though Ron Rivera was a recent head coach, he just took over the uh, Washington football team. Um, you look at Kyle Shannon's experience, and then, you know, uh, you, know you look at um, – last week and, and Matt Patricia, but here you got to take advantage of these guys that are in their first year of their system. They didn't have an off season, so um, you still got to go win, you know, go there and play the football game, but, you know, they, they got the Giants on the schedule this year. You know, you got Mike McCarthy, a new head coach. They didn't have the same off season, so you got to take advantage of the little things like that. A pretty good passing offense, the Panthers are. They don't run the ball particularly well. They don't score a lot of points, and they give up. 27 points a contest but that's all on paper we'll see what happens on the field coming up this sunday special thanks to those behind the scenes senior broadcast manager and producer jim omohundro technical director cody fincher for mike jarecki bertram berry i'm craig real will join you again in one week's time after the cardinals visit carolina and hopefully get on the right side of that one loss column because it is a long stretch before this team returns home. A 2-1 record, hope to be 3-1 on Sunday. This has been the Cardinals Red Sea Report on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. You've been listening to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Middle of the field of the end zone, Kirk, he got it! He's in! Touchdown! Buda Baker with the sack, stripped the ball. Murray's going to score! Touchdown! Oh, baby! The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by the Arizona Cardinals mobile app. Visit azcardinals.com slash app. Touchdown! Cardinals win! This has been an exclusive presentation of the Arizona Cardinals Football Club. Oh.